All right, everybody. We're going to be presenting a number of various detailed breakdown reviews of the latest James Bond movie on this podcast channel in the days to come. But for the moment, I have just in the last couple of hours seen No Time to Die, and I have a few spoiler-free thoughts, and then I'm going to go into a few spoilery thoughts, although I will not go into any great detail in this review because we're saving that for when Alan and Jared and whoever else from our crew wants all to get together over the next you know, few days and talk about it. This is just me sitting down here to record a sort of an instant quick reaction. If I do any spoilers, it will be at the end, and I will make it very clear to you that I'm about to give some spoilers, and you can hit the eject button very quickly. I'll, I'll make sure you have a chance to get out. But for the first part of it, I just want to give some overall impressions and not get into any details at all, just like what I thought about it. So here we go. This was the 25th Bond film, No Time to Die, Daniel Craig's last professed last Bond film. I loved it. Loved it. It is astounding to me how much better it is than the last three Bond movies. And it actually kind of makes me angry that we could have a Daniel Craig Bond movie after Casino Royale that is this well written. I'm like, well, then what were they doing with the last three? <laughs> because the dialogue... The plot, the action, everything in this movie is so much better than in Spectre, Skyfall, and Quantum of Solace, working my way back toward Casino Royale, that I'm just astonished that they were able to jack up the quality of everything so much better. I just, I want to go back in time now and say, hey, why can't you make these other ones anywhere near this good? So that's my first reaction is, yes, it's really, 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 really good. Here's another kind of vague, spoiler-free, but general impression. While Mendez in the last two movies did a lot of superficial callbacks to earlier Bond movies, you know, that was his big thing. He loved the Bond franchise. So look, Look, I'm putting Daniel Craig in the same outfit that Roger Moore was in that one time. Or, hey, look, there's that same car. Or, hey, look, everybody, this is that thing from that other movie. And that just made me so mad because I'm like, if you give us a good movie with a good story, we don't have to have all those little callbacks. Just focus on making a good movie, and then that other stuff can be sprinkles on top of the ice cream. Don't make the ice cream itself the sprinkles. You know what I mean? But... With this movie, there are a number of references and callbacks deep into the Bond catalog, and yet every one of them is profound. It's not like, hey, look, I'm using the same pistol, or hey, look, it's the same car, or hey, look, it's the same dinner jacket. No, no, no. It's like, remember that really important theme from that movie back then? Well, we are playing on that in a way that pulls at your heart and is deep and profound. Man, I if we could have had uh, Kerry Fukunawa, I'm sorry if I'm getting his name wrong, I'm just trying to do this quickly and I don't want to do a bunch of research, you know, and be here all afternoon. This is a 10-minute quick review. But Kerry, I think it's Kerry Fukunawa, if we could have had him 
Uh, and and of course Phoebe Waller Bridge, the script doctor that came in with the help with the dialogue and everything. If we could have had the two of them involved in the last three movies, how much better? How much better would I regard Daniel Craig's tenure as Bond? Um, I'm trying to think of any other sports. The action is fantastic. It it very well does the thing where it, you have like a quiet scene, character moment, deep you know moment and then all of a sudden you have crazy action but it's you can follow it unlike some of the recent movies where you're kind of a hard time telling who is who you can follow this really well um there are sequences that are almost out of john wick in a way in terms of staged controlled chaos action that is very controlled and you always know exactly what's going on um, and then you get like another quiet scene, and then you get another great action scene, and the action scenes are all uniformly great, I think. Um, the villains, there's, there are multiple villains. There's like a classic Bond villain. There's another classic Bond villain. There's several you know, villains in this movie. They're all absolutely great. No complaints here. I think that the movie's main villain takes uh, their place up there with the best of the Bond villains to a certain degree. I mean, you know, we're not talking Goldfinger or, um, you know, any of the, or, or, you know, any of the absolute top Bond villains, but I would say the, the main Bond villain in this movie is a top 10, top 12, top 15 at worst, which is good, you know, considering, you know, we had people like Mr. Green in the last few years. Um, so, that was really good. Um, Leia Sadu is just incredible. She continues, just like there's been no pause at all between the last movie and this one. Of course, you have to bear in mind, this movie was filmed like probably three years ago. So it was, it was filmed closer to Spectre than, than it f- feels like now, uh, which has been, you know, six years since, since Spectre. Um, I'm trying to think of any other quick reactions that I want to give that won't be spoiler. Um, we all know from the trailer, I think, that um, uh, the lady from Captain Marvel is in this movie, and there was some controversy as to what character she actually is supposed to play. I won't go into that other than to say she is supposed to be annoying and does that well, and then when you're supposed to like her more, she does that well. I was very satisfied. Let's put it that way. I was very satisfied with her performance and her role in the movie. She was a welcome addition by the time the movie was over. It was good to see the the classic faces from the Daniel Craig era and and maybe before and all that, you know. And um, so all in all, I thought all the actors were very, very very good. Um, I thought that they each got a little something to do better than in recent movies. Uh, I thought the overall plot was very good. It now Alan and Alan po- Alan J. Porter and I have briefly, briefly texted each other, and Alan's view is he's got to see it again very soon because, as he said, it quote, "There's a lot to process." Unquote. And I agree, there is a lot going on in this movie. It's it's not quite the Living Daylights. <laughs> it you know it's not quite like fifteen concentric plots all going at the same time or whatever. But there is a lot to process in it. Fortunately. I was I had had some caffeine right before the movie so that I could be alert and and not get sleepy and focus and I was able to stay very focused on it and so and this is really unusual for me because I usually get distracted by the pretty lights and the shiny objects you know and end up missing a few key plot points the first or second time I see a movie like this but I was actually able to focus and I think 
I think I pretty much got it all. That's very unusual for me with a more complicated Bond. You know, some Bond movies are very simple, and some Bond movies are very complex. And this one was on the more complex side, but I I don't think in an annoying way. I think in a it gave you a lot to deal with, and it dealt with it. And so I was able to process it, and I feel like coming out of the theater, I felt like I got it. I think I understood everything that happened in it and why, and I think I got it. Um, so I would, I'm going to save you know any kind of a letter rating or numerical rating or star rating or anything for when we actually do the more detailed review, but I will say it is definitely one of my favorite Bond films. I'm not sure it's in the top five. I'm pretty sure it's in the top ten. Uh, the only reason it's not the top five is that the, my top five are just sacred. You know, they are just like bedrock, so important to me historically in my life. You know, going back all the way to the to the seventies and then the ones I saw from the sixties. But it's, I mean, to be honest, there are movies in my top five that this is a much better movie than today. You know what I mean? It's like, this movie has depth. It's so well written. Everything makes sense in it. And honestly, there are Bond movies I love from the 60s and 70s that are not well written, that don't have a lot of depth and don't make a lot of sense. I just love them for what they are, you know. So in terms of like a modern movie, this is, you know, right up there with Casino Royale, honestly. I think it's... It's it's a very different movie from Casino Royale. That's the thing. Casino Royale just was on jet propulsion for so much of it. It has so many powerful scenes, so much action, so much cool stuff. This movie is a more mature, you know, movie. It's a deeper movie by far than Casino Royale. It doesn't have the same visceral power that Casino Royale has, but it's much deeper and more profound. I would put it this way. I would say that Casino Royale punches you in the face in a good way. This movie punches you in the heart in a good way. So, all right. So do y'all want any spoilers? I, I'm, I'm tempted not to give any right now. I, I think I'm going to give a spoiler warning and then give a very vague spoiler, just kind of a wrap-up. So my wrap-up, before I give any spoilers, my wrap-up for everybody that's listening is... I don't know. I haven't seen any reviews. I've seen like the trailer a couple of times, which basically just gives away a lot of the action scenes. It doesn't really give away what all's going on. I, I don't know what the reviews have been saying. I have no idea. I, on Rotten Tomatoes, I don't know if this thing's got an A plus or an F. I have no idea. I didn't want to know. I don't like prejudging movies before I've even seen them. So I have no idea what people's reaction to this movie have been, what their reactions have been. Honestly, I don't care. I know what mine was. Mine was I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, there, it's been a while since I wanted to go back to the theater and see a Bond movie over again. But if my wife like comes home and says, this weekend, let's go see it, I'll say, load up the car, let's go. Uh, because there's just a lot to appreciate about it. Um, Mira had slightly mixed feelings about it. And I'll just make that the spoiler part, just because I'll say a couple of little things. So... All right, so my final word is go see it. It's awesome. I loved it. Here is your spoiler warning. Auga, auga. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Eject now, eject now. All right, you've had your, you've had your warning, as the guy in Gandhi says. So Mira 
didn't like it as much as I did because, A, as I said, it was kind of convoluted and she was trying to follow all the... There was a couple of times that I kind of suspected that she might not know what was going on. And I leaned over to her and I whispered, so you know this is so-and-so, right? And she's like, oh... So she didn't know, right? So there is a lot to process. There's a couple of points in the movie where things happen. And if you don't understand what's going on or why, you could get a little lost. I totally get that. So fortunately, I was there to kind of steer Mira back on the road. And then, of course, the ending. Here's my biggest spoilery thing I'm going to say. This movie borrows a lot thematically and musically from a very popular among Bond fans movie from back in the day. Uh, the one we thought Spectre was going to connect to, this one actually connects to in a very much stronger way than the superficial way that... You know, in other words, Mendez, was, Mendez would be like, look, it's Piz Gloria, so this movie connects back to Honor Magic Secret Service. And you, you watch the movie, you're like, this has nothing to do with Honor Majesty's Secret Service. You just filmed at the same kind of location. That's just dumb. That just annoyed me. This movie actually connects back to one of those classic films in a thematically and thematically and musically. And Mira got that. I got that. She just didn't like the way that they did that, and she did not like the ending, which I am not... And on the off chance that anybody couldn't hit the eject button and is like trapped in the shower or something, listen to this, like, oh, God, I'm going to hear stuff, la, 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 la. I will not tell you what happens at the very end, but I will say Mira didn't like it. I thought it was perfect. Of course, Mira's 13, and I'm, you know, 29. So uh, <clears throat> so anyway, all right, I'm going to get on out of here. This has been more than enough for a quick, re quick uh, reaction, but I really, really enjoyed it. I think you will, too. Let's put it this way. If you love Casino Royale and you love the classic Bonds from the 60s and 70s and you have not been as thrilled with the rest of Daniel Craig's tenure, this, I think, since we all know this is his last one regardless, I think this will send him off for you on a high note. So do see it. And then if you hate it, oh well, everybody has different tastes. All right, I'm going to get on out of here. You can expect Alan and me and Jared and the rest of the gang to come along over the next few days with more in-depth reviews here on On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Uh, until then, I'll see you guys at the movies.